Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. On an entire weekend in L.A., he sat around with a middle-aged man and watched film. And SI's Pat Forty. This is good. We got we got free market Wetzel fired up today. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Big announcement. Big. Big announcement. We welcome our newest member of the family, Ross Dellinger. He's been on the pod a couple times this spring. We've had some defectors, some traitors, dead to us. <laughs> That's right. I don't even remember him. Hey, we bring in Ross. Welcome to the show. Huge upgrade over whoever the hell used to be on this show. <laughs> we're we're the realignment Thank winners you. here. Let's face yeah. it. Yeah. We got Texas, Oklahoma, <laughs> USC, and UCLA all in one. That's right. We threw uh, New England United well, out of here. <laughs> I'm glad I'm I'm glad to be on. I'm glad to be on. Excited about the uh, the opportunity in in the experience. All right, so. Ross works at Sports Illustrated. Very plugged in. Very excited to have him. Pod's going to be popping this fall, starting right now. It's always popping. It? I mean, what well, the hell? Always, but yes, we're, we are. We're up upping the dose on our information quotient right here, right now. Yeah, New England United is gone, and the burning corpse of. Jeremy Pruitt and an asparagus farm <laughs> is gone. We don't even he's, go watch your soccer. Go watch your soccer. This That's is a right. football. This is football time. A little orange checkerboard guy. This is America. Yep. <laughs> All right. We're going to start right off with something that Ross reported just yep. today. This is why we have you on here. This is uh, federal legislation, possibly the, the big NIL push. Uh, that everybody wants the feds to come in and solve the problem. Uh, you spoke with uh, college football's favorite senator, Tommy Tuberville, about a proposal that he and Joe Manchin, Tuberville's at, out of Alabama. He used to coach Auburn, of course, and many other schools. Joe Manchin is from West Virginia, his buddies with Nick Saban. They are going to try to come up with some NIL legislation, bipartisan uh, all of that, uh, Tuberville described the NIL situation in college sports as a, quote, mess, unquote, and a, quote, free for all, end quote. Talk to my coaching buddies. They've never seen anything like it, Tuberville said. When you don't have guidelines and direction, no matter what you are doing, you are lost. They are all lost right now, end quote. As we know, Auburn has never had any pay-per-play allegations <laughs> involving them. So <laughs> I'm sure this is... Uh, hurting the sensibilities of coach Tuberville that, that uh, this is going on. Uh, what is this proposal? I read your story and I saw lots of buzzwords and uh, general lamenting, but I didn't really understand yeah. what they were proposing, <laughs> but I'm not very yes, political. Not a lot of so. specific. Yeah. Not, not a lot of specifics, not a lot of concepts right now. They don't have 
any kind of real, or they at least didn't tell me they had any kind of real framework uh, for a bill <laughs> at all. Um, they, it's in the infancy stage is how they describe it. They are sending out letters to all the commissioners and athletic directors in a different different conference offices, and I would guess the NCA office as well, hoping for feedback um, from stakeholders in, in college sports. Let me preface all this by saying this has happened now for like four years, <laughs> right? This is like the ninth bill, yeah. uh, or this would be the ninth if it does happen. This would be the ninth NIL bill proposed uh, or filed in, in Congress. None of them have advanced even to the first step that you would have in the legislative process, despite us having probably at least eight, maybe as many as 10 to 12 hearings on NIL. Um, it is just not advanced at all. The fact that this one's coming from uh, a, a first-time senator who isn't on really many powerful committees, uh, isn't super connected, right, in, in politics. He's just a year and a half in. In the fact that they don't have any framework at all would tell you that this this is um, there's just there's a lot of red flags here on on this thing having momentum to go the next level or the the next step. So I'll I'll just preface it with that. Don't don't get don't get your hopes up on on this thing uh, going through. What stopped the other eight bills? And I guess uh, you <laughs> you probably already answered this question. Like, you know, why why should we believe nine is going to be any different? Uh, I don't think you should believe the ninth is going to be any different, probably. But but if you did, if you did want to believe that, I think you might look, you know, the man who who is drafting it. I mean, or the men who are, are drafting it. You know, they do have close college football connections. They probably are closer to college football, the sport in the stakeholders in the sport than any other senators. I would Say certainly Tuberville, that's the case. And Manchin, probably the case too. He, he probably is, is more uh, knowledgeable about these two. Are probably the most knowledgeable, maybe in the Senate about about college sports and the actual inner workings. So that's that's a positive. Um, any bill they create probably is going to be conservative leaning, though. Um, obviously, Tuberville is very conservative, and Manchin is the most conservative Democrat in the Senate. So it's going to be a conservative bill. And it's funny because about an hour right after we dropped that news, there was a more congressional news, and this one's from the Democratic side. And, and so you've got these two, right, the two parties, and they can't really come together. Both of these bills will probably be drastically different from one another. They need to be combined, and a compromise needs to be reached, which was close Last summer, they were close to a compromise. Uh, Roger Wicker and Maria Cantwell and Richard Blumenthal on a on a like a bipartisan bill that could actually have a chance. And at the last minute, last June, right before the NIL deadline hit ju on July one, it fell through. Mostly because of you know with several different provisions, but mostly because of long term student medical care is, is what kind of broke down last summer that so um don't get your hopes up for anything in the next few months i'll say that uh, yeah I, i'd extend that to years i think cory booker is part of this one that just came out former stanford player so there's there's former players i mean no one doubts could tuberville and man these guys all know the game and they have uh what at least what they consider good intentions i'm gonna i'm gonna literally lose it if all of a sudden this becomes like a republican democrat <laughs> like no <laughs> of all no. things right i mean this uh, 
I come to college football so I don't have to listen to that nonsense. Like, <laughs> yeah. Please do not do this. But I'm I'm reading this letter. <laughs> you know, uh, we must uh, preserve the time honored tradition of college sports and. Uh, we are rapidly accelerating down a path that leads away from the traditional values associated with scholastic athletic competition. Values? What? <laughs> yeah. And look at these two things. And, and if you read the the bill from Booker and them, the language is the exact opposite. Yeah. Basically, yeah. you know, the the Booker and stuff language is what well, used to be. I think they took it out, but it used to be like revenue sharing and collective bargaining stuff they're talking about. They're going in the the whole other direction. You know, athlete freedoms to do whatever they want in NIL, transfer whenever you want, enter the draft and come back to uh to co- to college. There it's totally open, open market completely. And then you have right the the Tuberville letter and eventual maybe bill that will be like the opposite. Probably will be cons- completely conservative leaning might even include antitrust protection from Congress, which of course the, the Democrats in the Booker bill will not, will not include and probably will never, I don't think they can ever get them to agree on that. Um, and that's the biggest thing that college administrators want, right. Is the antitrust uh, protection. That's why when you, when you talk to college administrators about what needs to happen, to get an NIL bill, a federal NIL bill, the first thing privately they'll tell you is we need Republicans to win back the Senate. Right. Yeah, that's that's been talked about, bandied about quite a bit in uh, college sports as they think that that's the surest ticket to getting some sort of NIL thing passed. Although even that, as you said, I mean, we're 0 for 8 right now. We'll see what it takes to get one actually anywhere down the line towards becoming a law. I, I still just don't understand what they're looking for. Okay, so they talk about guardrails, or we can't let uh, this become a recruiting item, and so they don't want they don't want it to be a recruiting inducement. There's no way it isn't a recruit. There's no way to have it not be a recruiting inducement, right? Yeah, and I think the I think the big thing they want is to because right now, obviously, like I think it's like thirty or thirty five states have different their rules. own NIL laws. And and they they vary a little bit. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to be they, that. They big talk of a about yeah, they talk about it like it varies a because lot. Because that's really the, that's the thing they can talk about, but they don't want to talk about what they really want, which is limiting the amount of money the player can get, which has been ruled yeah, it, unconstitutional. <laughs> right. Okay. There's and a, cutting out inducements, which you're gonna have. I mean, even if you have a federal bill you're going to have recruiting inducements. Like it's going to have collectives aren't going away. They're not going to disappear. It, how, like, how would they like, how would they, like, right. how you say, okay, we don't have a collective. You create something else. If you know yeah. that if you go and, and as this goes on, it'll be quite obvious. Nick Saban is like, Hey, Bryce Young made a million dollars last year. He's just sitting out there saying it. Well, is that a recruiting inducement? I mean, no and yes. <laughs> he wants every quarterback yeah. <laughs> in the country to know our quarterback makes a million dollars a year here. And in a couple of years, that might be $5 million. So I, it, it, this is impossible. It's it's over on this. It's It has to be. It's the same way you know if you're a Major League Baseball player and you're going to go play for the Cleveland Guardians or the New York Yankees, you have a bigger shot of being a huge national star in New York. Right. You, you just do it. You don't want to have to tell you. You're like, hey, 
this city seems bigger than the other city. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's no way to stop this stuff. I, I, I don't even know. I don't. They're, they all want. They want to. They want to limit it, but they can't. I mean, where they tried to draw the line to begin with was was a very you know futile, erasable line of well, you just can't. You can't give them anything in order to sign. You can only get it once you get there and prove your worth. Or that was the original intention. Okay, but how long was that original intention really ever going to stand up? This was always going to come down to being a recruiting inducement, wasn't it? I mean, that, that, that's the way it used to be under the table. It's going to be the same thing on top of the table. And you can try to set up a rule network that says, well, no, you have to wait until you get here and we see you've run a 4-4 and you've benched 450, and then we can start giving you money. I mean, but you, you, know. you can't stop a business from saying that's the kid I want to. Right. You don't, there is no, there's no like, oh, now that you've run for a hundred yards in a game, you are now, we now dictate to private industry that you are, you are worthy of a sponsorship. You can't do that. Private industry could say John Ruiz is run. He's a he's a one man collective at Miami, right? With Life mm -hmm. Wallet. Like, how do you tell John Ruiz who he can and cannot say to hire? Yep, you can't. And that's why the NCA, you know, they they spent. Uh, I think they're still down there somewhat conducting interviews, um, or at least as of a couple of weeks ago they were. And they're they're trying to I think gather all the information they can, but. I don't know uh, that they have they can do anything. And um, and I think they know that. Uh, and that's that's a problem for them, because how do you prove the big question? You know, how do you prove an inducement? Like, how can you prove that this is an inducement against NCA rules uh, when it's a business, you know, a businessman like John Ruiz offering what he says is endorsement deals? I mean, you know, everybody, everybody might say, oh, well, this is an obvious inducement, but can you really prove that? And also, in a, as, as, as one person told me recently, like, an inducement actually shouldn't be illegal. And it was part of, you know, what, what the Supreme Court kind of ruled. You, you can't restrict athletes and athlete compensation. So the NCAA is caught, in college sports is caught in this, like, uh, I keep saying it and writing it, but like this weird purgatory, right? Like in between amateurism and professionalism. And we're certainly not going back, right? We're not going back to amateurism. We're, it's it's all forward. Any kind of federal legislation is probably going to be forward. And that's just how it's how it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, that's that. Yes. And the yes, the, the how long it takes to come to grips with all of that. I don't know. But that is the that's the tension here is College sports has become more professionalized, but still doesn't want to become professional. How, right. do you, how do you manage that? How do you tell somebody they're not allowed to make an, a living when you won't sign them? You can if you employ them, but they won't. You can if you get them in a union and collectively bargain and they agree to it, but they won't do that. So how do you tell somebody they can't have a job? It's just like, like I said, you know, there's the, I use the story a lot, but there's like Baylor pays people, influencers in high school that they deem to be influencing, to be influencers, social media influencers to come to their school. They pay them directly. Come to our school, put yourself on Instagram and TikTok. You make our school cooler. We drag in new students. Great. Seems like a pretty good idea by Baylor. 
So these couple yeah. women are making some money off of Baylor. Terrific. How do you stop? Why would you stop that? Like, where, where's the harm? These two girls are really cool. So they're because, too cool. So they because get TCU paid. doesn't have the influencers. That's why. <laughs> get your own influencer. Texas like, Tech just, doesn't have the influencers. Where is See? the American value? I don't care whether what what party were you sitting there saying, I don't want you making any money. Well, and, and like Pat was saying, I think Pat's referring to an issue that we're seeing the NCAA transformation uh, committee tackle right now. And it's for years, the NCAA in, in college athletics, and I don't want to say the NCAA because it's really college athletic leaders, ADs and commissioners and presidents of, this, of these schools. They've gotten together for years now and they've tried to legislate competitive equity. And you can't do that. They're realizing now it is a failure. We can't keep doing it. We can't handcuff the big schools um, because the small schools couldn't afford this, this, and this. And you're just seeing it all crumble, you know, and in competitive equity and all these cost containment things we're seeing start to be pulled off by the transformation committee. And it's just another step, you know, in that purgatory that we're in more toward the, the professional model. What they can do and, uh, forget which coach uh, Narduzzi proposed it. They can agree every school in division one or whatever league can agree that we will only spend voluntarily agree. We will only spend $50 million on our football program. Right. And limit locker rooms and private planes for assistant coaches and recruiting and all that and weight rooms and all that stuff. They can do that. Yeah, that it cap overall spending yeah. and do it yes as a conference or as, you know as possibly a voluntarily. As a, yeah, as a five. I'm sure I can see the SEC teams agreeing yeah. to all that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That's exactly. the thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Why yeah. don't you agree right. to it on your thing? <laughs> hey, you want you yeah, want to see Vanderbilt right. and Mississippi State fall out of favor in the SEC really quick? Yeah. Wait, we got we can't spend more than that. Want competitive balance. <laughs> you could get this done in a phone call if you guys are that that excited about it. Because you can voluntarily say, well, we're only going to spend this much money. We wouldn't necessarily be capping how much a coach could be paid because we pay them all $50 million. You know, whatever. Anyway, all right. ESPN poll on this. And this is sort of my big thing because all you hear about are complaints from the coaches. You don't hear any complaints from the players. They did ESPN did a poll of 200 coaches and players. Pretty interesting. Some decent uh, results. Here's the the transfer portal, right? 70% of coaches and administrators polled thought the transfer portal was bad for the game. Yeah, I wonder 31% why. of players said the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, opposite, yeah. We've been getting a lot of good guys, said Washington defensive back Alex Hook. I'm actually thankful for the portal. A lot of guys are getting opportunities at other places, but they may not have gotten the opportunity the place they were at before, okay? Players said 70% NIL opportunities are a frequent topic in the locker room, though it isn't proving to be divisive issue. Remember when the coaches said players get all upset because someone else is making a buck, right? Star players making more money than than uh, backup, oh, yeah. backup player. Oh, yeah. How the heck could you have an organization like that? Because what I do know is every coach in AD is also paid the exact same <laughs> amount yeah. as everyone in the athletic department. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In every other business in America, everyone's paid equally, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Sure. That was that was uh, always the worst argument. I mean, come on. Here's yeah. Ohio State safety Ronnie Hickman. Seeing C.J. Stroud do that deal or just seeing guys, you don't even have to be on my team for me to be happy to see you doing something with NIL. College football's been around a long time. Now we're finally, we're legally finally able to benefit off our name image uh, is huge. 
So when I see anyone doing something successful or just good for them and their families, I'm happy for it. And I'm encouraging. Yeah, obviously. Yes. The, the getting the player input was good. That was a good part of that uh, poll because the players are a lot less uptight about all this than the coaches and administrators are going great for them. Yeah. Yeah. Things are a lot better. This is good. We got, we got free market Wetzel fired up today. I am <laughs> government regulation. What are we doing? Uh, this one was interesting in the player poll. How do we get players to stop opting out of bowl games? 80% of the players said providing NAL payments, to the players who play in the bowl game, mm-hmm. bowl games, they're coming for your money. They want your blazer. It's, it's coming down the pipe. Yeah. I went, <laughs> I went to the bowl seat last couple of years. I went to bowl season uh, and I was on an NIL panel in front of all the bowl executives, lots of blazers. And uh, I told them like, you, you, you guys better like come to grips with it. You're going to have to start paying NIL. You're going to start playing players to come to your bowl. And mm, 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 a lot of them were, no, no, it's not going to be worth it. It's not going to be worth the TV viewers to pay so-and-so quarterback. And maybe it's not. It, they're just going to, they're just not going to play in the game. Don't you know? need it. People will gamble on it anyway. They'll get a couple million people to watch. Yeah. They're, they're probably right. Yep. They don't need it. But that would do it. Players are like, yeah, hey, they're, they're over the traditional values of the bowl game. Right. Or, hey, you get a, you know, I don't know, whatever they give you. You get an, ex, an Xbox bag. Yeah. The yeah. gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bag. Duffel bag. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. You were, the they were paying an NIL. They were. I mean, you know. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they had a shop. Remember they had. They had shopping sprees, like two hundred fifty dollars, yeah. five hundred dollars shopping sprees. Remember that Arkansas player stole something <laughs> yeah, one time. Yeah. He went like over the limit. They got like yeah. three hundred dollars. That was the belt bowl. They all got to go to. They all got to go to Yeah, the belt. Yes, he stole it from Bell. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes, <laughs> amazing. He, he double dipped on his free belt <laughs> excursion. <laughs> right. Awesome. Uh, we're gonna look back years and years and be like, "What were we doing? Wow." <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was what passed for scandal, stealing from Belk. Yeah, free tattoos. <laughs> Don't forget at the uh, Rose Bowl, they would always have the prime rib challenge at Lawry's. Oh yeah, right? Lawry's Beef Bowl. Yeah, yeah, eat the beef. <laughs> well, get as much beef as you can get, but you're promoting Lawry's. Nil was fine then. <laughs> I don't know what the uh, what the record was on that. Yeah, each was player like, got a 16 ounce cut of prime rib followed by a 12 ounce second helping. And that was it. They couldn't go thirds. The individual marks. No, no, you can keep going. Okay. Uh, Purdue in 2001 ate a combined 734 pounds of prime rib. <laughs> you know why? Those dudes knew they were never getting back. <laughs> they got one <laughs> shot at the Rose Bowl, one shot at the Beef Bowl. <laughs> We ain't coming back next year. Drew Brees is out. We're done. They were starving after pushing that big drum around. In 1978, Michigan offensive lineman Ed Moransky ate eight pounds of prime rib. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. In a single sitting? How long? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How long was this colon tied up? Imagine the bathroom habits no. the next few oh. days. That's it. How, How long was you? the colon god. tied up? Good God! Oh my God! Uh, this story I'm reading here: uh, Stanford was in it. Uh, Cardinal offensive lineman Josh Garnett 
went for the he went for the record. He tried for it. He ate 10 cuts of prime rib, estimated seven pounds, and then had to tap out. <laughs> he couldn't According quite to uh, t- <laughs> match Ed Moransky. <laughs> he couldn't. The Moransky. There were a lot of norm noises a normal man shouldn't hear or make. <laughs> teammate Kevin Dancer said. Uh, Joshua was in a lot of pain. <laughs> Garnett said practice the next day was not good. <laughs> shocking. Uh, yeah. You're lugging around seven pounds of The bolsters are great. I, I, remember, I remember the wing, you know, the wing. Yeah, I feel like I covered multiple, I guess it was Buffalo Wild Wing Citrus. Bowl, oh, yeah. So they had the wild, they had the wing competition, wing eating competition, which was just just gross. I mean, it was just five dozen wings. It's like I have a trouble with a dozen. Brutal. Ed Moransky, um, small sample Heisman. I was gonna say he, that dude needs to be memorialized on the pod forever. Yeah, I mean that is uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Raiders uh, later on in his career, but nothing better than owning the. The beef bowl record dating back to 78. Man, those those old <laughs> Bochembecker teams are just tough. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I don't make teams like that anymore. <laughs> uh, all right, one more from the poll. Uh, this was also players. Uh, so this is where you're going to run into this problem with the government. I don't know. The poll was a little. They could have given us the full results so some of us could dig deep into this. Come on, ESPN. Step it up. But uh, according to the players' respondents, 46% of the players said they have about the right amount of power today, while another 21% say they still don't have enough. So the player empowerment movement is sitting at 77% saying good or we can do better. Okay. 54% of players said their schools would begin paying athletes directly in the next five years. 28% said it would happen in 10 years. I think like Ross's point, this train is going one direction. Yep. I'm not sure how you stop that. Nope. Mm -mm. Guardrails, Dan, you can, you can guardrail it, but you can't stop the train. Yeah. Yeah. And the federal government, good, good luck getting Democrats to agree on, on, uh, restricting, uh, restricting, you know, 19, 20, 21 year old athletes, right. In predominantly, at least in football, right. 70% are, black yeah. you know good luck that for th- that happening that that and that has been said to me up here on the hill quite a bit is is uh that democrats are not going to be on board with some of those things right? yeah i again i did not know stopping pay to people is a partisan yeah. issue some yeah. of your constituents are now making lots of money we must stop this <laughs> 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 because our head football coach is uncomfortable yeah it's just, this is where <laughs> we're head, at, man. The, gym, our the head football the, the coach is making four to ten million. Is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. That guy in the bowl suit is, you know, he was making tons of money off <laughs> you. Now he, um. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. All right, couple items here. Uh, you remember we had the big uh, the dust up over uh, Jordan Addison transferring from Pitt. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, Pat Narduzzi, among others, Dues is getting on here a lot lately. Oh, he's 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 been chip chirping. Yep, claimed uh, USC was tampering. Uh, Lincoln Riley has responded. The ongoing saga here: the Lincoln Riley Pat Narduzzi dust up. 
This is Lincoln. When someone challenges you with no facts and only emotion, do you take it personally? Absolutely, you do. Mm. I understand mm-hmm. it's an emotional time. It's an emotional game with lots of emotional people. We recruited Jordan just like we did every other transfer. Jordan got in the transfer portal. Jordan came out on a visit to USC despite all the negative things that were put out magically by somebody. He's a kid that's all about ball. <laughs> Here we go. NIL had nothing all to do about with ball. Yeah, that's right. NIL and catching passes from Caleb Williams had nothing to do with it. Yeah, that. nothing to do with it. Well, maybe he did. I just said, maybe he just liked it out there. Uh, intriguingly, I mean, he lost his receivers coach and his offensive coordinator who didn't like to run the ball. Narduzzi was mad they they didn't run enough. I don't think that bothered Jordan Addison. <laughs> no, he probably didn't like the, the idea that now yeah, without Mark Whipple, we might not throw it as much. Yeah, and Narduzzi, he really has, man. He's been on fire. I ran into him at ACC Media Days, and I, I think it was right the morning before or morning after the Whipple comment, his comments on Whipple came out. And I'm like, dude, you're supposed to make news here at Media Days, not a day before. And he acted like, you know, oh, I, don't know. I didn't make any news. And I said, you you ought to see Twitter, your your podcast. And he went on. It was some podcast with like an automobile dealer in town <laughs> that he went on with. I'm like, yeah, what, are you doing? what is this? You know? He does. Uh, yeah. He interviews everyone down there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, probably getting paid to be on that podcast, too. Big booster from what I could hear when I yeah it's not a, it's not a hard, he introduced him as the gr- one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. Oh, well, I listen. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the hard hitting truth that you get over here at the College Football Enquirer. Mm-hmm. But hey, what it is? I do have one problem with Jordan Addison, and it is this: Lincoln Riley said on the, his visit, all he wanted to do his entire visit was talk ball. We literally they missed several of the meals and entertainment. We had scheduled just so we could watch more film and talk more ball. That's all he's about. Now, Jordan, you know, you be you. But I would think getting an official visit as a USC, coveted USC football uh, recruit, would be one of the greatest experiences in the history of humankind. It's something you shoot for. Yeah. 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 I know what. And you you sat around with this undisclosed entertainment let alone the meals on an entire weekend in la you sat around with a middle-aged man and watched film (laughs) come on he's all ball ball he's all ball dan do it for the rest of us i know uh a lot of i don't know about football but a lot of usc sports one of the things you do on an official visit go to the beach and learn how to surf he turned down the guy might have turned down a surfing lesson to watch ball with lincoln riley Learn to surf. Uh, All right. Yeah. If he got to go to Lincoln Riley's house, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they did. But whatever it did, it worked. So they got him. So we have that. Um, Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian weighed in this week on the the QB battle that is brewing between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. Uh, Card was there the last uh, year, kind of two years. Uh, but did uh, got benched, did not play a ton last year, but he is a probably a better runner than Quinn. Quinn is the is the superstar. Uh, Sarkeesian said, I'm excited for both guys. Um, he was asked what his timeline to naming a starting quarterback would be. And he said, I think I have an idea in my head, but I'm not going to tell you guys, meaning the media. Uh, I predict that the timeline was like six months ago. <laughs> and yeah. Quinn Ewers will be the starter. Am I yeah. right or wrong? 
Uh, no, I think you're probably right. That it, Sark said at Big 12 Media Days it would not last as long as last year's decision between Card and uh, Casey Thompson, which then, of course, he reversed and ended up with more Casey Thompson than Hudson Card. And I think you're correct that that is because Quinn Ewers is was like the number one quarterback in his class uh, and probably abundantly more talented. Now, we'll see what he delivers on the field, see if he lives up to the mullet and the uh, what the the automobile automobile dealership uh, deal that he got from Ohio State mm. for handing off twice or whatever it was. So a lot oh, of expectations uh, was it? for Quinn Ewers. Yeah, what was it? What yeah, speaking of NIL, he's like, you know, I think he got more NIL from anyone who's never taken a snap than, than anybody in the country, right? Uh, two snaps. Already two snaps. Teams. Yeah, two, two snaps. Two he snaps. handed off yeah. twice, right? Two snaps and $2 million. A million dollars a snap. He absolutely ripped Ohio off. Just walked in, stole the money, went back to Texas. Uh, I don't applaud it. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll see. I, I expect that to be Quinn Ewers, especially with Arch coming. I mean, you got to give him the year. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most people are surmising that Quinn will have two years, then leave, and Arch will come in and redshirt. I just can't imagine Arch redshirting, but, you know, maybe he will. I, I, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to see that happen. Have a hard time seeing stats. anybody redshirting uh, anymore. Eli didn't play as a freshman, barely played. Yeah. At Ole Miss. And uh, Peyton, Peyton was too good. He, he got going kind of middle of the season, but yeah. We do but, think the, we do think the Mannings will be, will be, uh, patient but uh we'll see that's going to be uh very very interesting obviously they got to get something going because alabama's coming on week two carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car that's why every car we sell is carmax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer so don't settle Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right. Now, here's a big story. South Carolina. Oh. South Carolina Gamecocks. Gamecock is a fighting chicken. An angry bird. Not a nervous bird. An angry <laughs> bird. That's right. <laughs> in, in a story, I, I had to double check to make sure this is legit because <laughs> it's a really South Carolina sports. story. Really South yeah. Carolina. The Post and Courier, uh, David Cloninger, I believe I'm saying your name right, David. Uh, probably not, actually, because I say all the names wrong and I can't. The most famous person in the state of South Carolina, I have to call William Christopher Sweeney because I can't <laughs> say his name, so don't be insulted. Tremendous reporting here. Tremendous Pulitzer committee, save some space. Okay. <laughs> now, South Carolina has a beloved mascot, Sir Big Spur. Sir Big Spur is a is a fighting chicken. I don't know. I don't know that much about chickens other than how to eat it. <laughs> I don't. I don't quite understand all this. But they got this bird. He in 1999. These two. Uh, South Carolina fans, Mary Snelling uh, and her husband, uh, uh, Ron Arbertelli, uh, they, they threw their, their pet chicken out on the top of uh, a baseball, uh, dugout, baseball right? dugout. Yeah, right? yeah baseball yeah. dugout, strutted around. Everyone got excited. So for the last 22 years or so, they've, they've gotten Big Spur, Sir Big Spur, 
uh, ones all the way to six, I believe. There's been some, you know, chicken soup along the way to uh, to kind of excite the fans. Uh, now, in a bizarre sense, this is a private mascot. South Carolina does not control their mascot. Sir Big Sir is not under the control of USC. Imagine Bevo just wandering. LSU, LSU Tiger just wandering yeah. around <laughs> somebody being shows privately up with, owned in Baton Rouge. Someone just shows up with Mike the Tiger every week. Yeah. Bevo, yeah. hey, are you bringing Bevo this week? Yeah, I'll bring Bevo. Ralphie, yeah. can we get South Ralphie Carolina in the planes not, or not? Yeah. Ralphie, look out. Uh-oh, look out. He's bringing yeah. Ralphie. USC, you have to control your... This is why you never win. Get you crap together. You got to own your mascot. This would never happen elsewhere. Anyway, a big Sir, Sir Big Spur is very popular, but the the uh, Mary and uh, her husband there are getting old, so they want to retire from, the, from the, the duties. So they met these other this other couple, Beth and Van Clark, and uh, they were going to take over bringing a, uh, a game cock to all the games. And at first they were all friends. <laughs> <laughs> a likely story, the way a great story always starts. At first they were all they were friends. All friends. Uh, here's Van talking about uh, Snelling and uh, lovely people, lovely people. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they, they stepped in, they brought a, they, 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 they're, they're now in charge of this, uh, the new uh, Big Spur but they don't control the name Sir Big Spur. So they're going to have to name it something else. Uh, but here's the issue. Okay. The Snellings, I'm just going to, they got two names. She's going, Mary Snellings thing is that you have to uh, cut off the comb. Okay. Every, every rooster has got a, what they call the comb. It's the bright red thing on the top of the, the rooster's head. Right. Yeah. If you think of like, uh, Foghorn, leghorn. Like a rubber like, yeah. glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, yeah. That little thing. Yeah. So apparently the comb, uh, they, they cut the comb off because in, in a fighting rooster, you don't want that because if you're fighting, the other roosters are fighting something to like peck at and bleed. So you try to like, you know, try to, you try to, you know, cut, cut it off. And so it's, war- you're a little more warred up. However, it's <laughs> a little, uh, it's a little inhumane because the the comb as they call it actually allows the blood to flow up and cool it cools the the rooster's blood on a hot day as is the post and courier notes in a wonderful bit of trivia that i did not know chickens cannot sweat chickens cannot sweat so that's why this deep dive is an award-worthy I, article bear we're learning with me. stuff we're I, learning this is we're learning literally in the most one of the most absurd stories so the clarks are more humane. They want to keep the the comb because they're like, hey, it's hot. South, it's it's the SEC, and it the, these bird is going to overheat and 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 suffer if it doesn't have the comb to cool the blood. And uh, Mary is taking the hardline approach that that's not a fighting gamecock, and this is a bunch of BS. You got to cut the thing off, even if it's even if the bird suffers. And so now there is a massive dispute and they're not letting the name Sir Big Spur go along. And uh, there's a there's a fight over what this thing should look like. And now the two sides around this thing are are, are at war with each other. And South Carolina is stuck because they don't control their own mascot. So I will start with you, Pat. 
who's right and who's wrong here? Well, all right. For starters, South Carolina is just wrong because they're stupid because they have a chicken for a mascot. So this is what you get when you decide our mascot, which we're going to put like a $9 million statue out front because we have a chicken. Like, what are you doing with a chicken? Okay. You and Coastal Carolina both go rethink your priorities. So if you're even going to have a chicken. Well, that was what Pat, that was one of the, the great parts of the story. They put the mask, the, the statue out and they didn't give it the, what yeah, the they call spur. it? The, not the claws. The spur. Talons or spurs. The fighting spur. And all the fans got mad. It doesn't have <laughs> spurs. You got to have, they had to add <laughs> the spurs onto the statue. It's like the most ridiculous SEC football story ever. <laughs> it is. Yeah. They had to redo their multi-million dollar uh, statue to, to make it more lifelike so that we can go back to the cockfighting days. That's what we're trying to replicate here in honor. We got cockfighting, a very proud chapter in American history for sure. Uh, I don't think it's history, buddy. I don't think it's history. (laughs) No, I'm sure it's not in some parts of South Carolina and Kentucky. Anyway, I think it's okay to have a chicken that doesn't look like a literal, like, fighting rooster on your sideline. I really do. I am siding with the new Sir Big Spur owners in this and saying, go ahead, let the damn rooster have its comb and not die of heat stroke on the sideline in one of the hottest (laughs) stadiums in America if you've been there for an early season game. I I can't believe PETA hasn't weighed in on this thing. I mean, because chopping off the... They yeah, don't even I like mean, the footballs uh, made of pigskin. I mean, what a, <laughs> I mean, whatever. I uh, I agree with Pat. I agree with the new owners. I mean, I mean, it doesn't have to. Aren't we just taking it a little too literally? Like, it doesn't have to look exactly like. Um, and most people probably don't even know that, right? Know that a a real like a cock fighting chicken <laughs> or whatever is is it's gonna have the glove or doesn't have the glove thing or whatever. Like really, like we don't have to do. We don't have to take it too too literally. Uh, so leave the thing on there. Yeah, let him strut around. Let him show off his comb. Come on, chickens can't sweat. It just means makes- more. You're telling me we got to take it literally. Of course we're going to take it literally. This is from Al, uh, the Mary's husband. <laughs> One of the great quotes in SEC history. Quote, a chicken is a chicken, but a fighting game cock is something different. <laughs> this is the dumbing down of the game cocks. <laughs> Whenever a new coach goes to a school that's been struggling, you always hear a statement similar to, quote, you've got to change the culture, end quote. I don't know what culture in our day and age means, but if it means making a Gamecock look like a chicken or not hurting him because it might make the chicken feel good, it's not preserving what we've built. This is dumbing down our culture. Oh, my God. Ah, A grown man said that to a newspaper. Uh, saying that preserving the hey, we just read the stuff on the Tuberville uh, letter preserving the traditions of college football. There you go, a freaking bird with a glove on its head. There you go. <laughs> According yeah. to Mary, this quote: "This is how fired up these people are." Sir Big Spur is going to look like Barney the Barnyard Rooster. <laughs> what do we got to bring Barney into it? Barney never hurt anybody. Uh, I know, time. taking strays, Barney. Here's the here's their tradition they're upholding down there. Seven and six, two and eight, four and eight, seven and six, nine and four, six and seven, three and nine. Yeah. When that's well, we, your thing, you got time to argue over a chicken. Yeah. 
Big Sur Spur. Priorities. The real issue is they need to go up to Charlotte to that animal shelter and get Cluck Norris. <laughs> Remember, yeah. our we oh, Cluck yeah. Norris was uh, this angry uh, rooster that was attacking dogs and stuff at the kennel. He would fight anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've said that. That's uh, Cluck. Cluck Norris is an absolute pod hero, and that's who they need to uh, get if they want to change the culture in a right way. Go get Cluck Norris. Get Cluck. Sir Big Spur is done. There's no more. He's out. He's out. They might. There's a rumor. Cluck Norris is in. Rumor they will call it the Spur. Mm. Okay. But, then, um, then Ohio State come after him for using the? Uh, it's T-A-E-E. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that's the. Not, <laughs> we go, we're going old English. English. Old going back English. to the yes. colonial days in South Carolina. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Uh, yeah, so we do not know how Shane Beamer has not weighed in on this, but we're going to need. Good, good job, Shane. I would find myself way too busy if I were Shane to weigh in on this. Yeah, I, this is a, this is a classic. This is a classic. I say clip that little glove thing off. Be a little hot. <laughs> Build them an air conditioned, uh, chicken coop. Like, uh, yeah, like Georgia. Uggas dog yeah. house. Yeah. Like the dogs have. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There's gotta be a way around this. You won't want you. Don't. I'm devastated that chickens don't sweat because that's one of my favorite episodes in Seinfeld is Little Jerry Seinfeld, the chicken, the fighting rooster they're taming. I don't know if either of you have seen it. And Kramer is putting the chicken into jacuzzi bags <laughs> to get it ready and loosed up for the fight. And it starts, which Kramer claims it's sweating. It's profusely sweating. So it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Oh. Wow. Unbelievable! Science, Seinfeld, not based in science. I'm, 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 I'm upset. Well, Hollywood values. Shocking. We're talking about <laughs> yeah. fighting roosters down here. <laughs> Next, you're going to tell me the ketchup bottle on their table at the diner doesn't really have ketchup <laughs> in it. <laughs> I will give you this, okay? And uh, this is a little uh, Law and Order kind of story. A guy was flying into Australia, into Darwin, Australia. Last week, this is according to TMZ. He's flying from Bali, uh, and uh, he's going through customs. A uh, biosecurity dog, an Australian biosecurity detector dog named Zinta. Zinta the dog sniffed out his luggage and uh, discovered that this guy was bringing two undeclared, did not mention it at customs, egg McMuffins. <laughs> Egg and beef sausage McMuffin. <laughs> oh, that's big. Oh, my. Two undeclared egg and beef sausage McMuffins was in his luggage stashed away. <laughs> the Aussies were, as CMZ puts it, the not-so-happy meal. <laughs> uh, the Aussies uh, are said they were protecting... You can't bring beef beef sausage into the country mm. uh, to protect from an outbreak of foot and mouth disease. So they have wow. fined, they confiscated the undeclared egg and beef sausage McMuffins and fined the passenger the equivalent of $1,874. Damn. Making this the most expensive wow. two McMuffins <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The value, value meal went up in cost there. Jesus. I want the uh, first off, you know, the two guys at the security ate the egg McMuffin, right? <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. Although, here's my th whole thought 
that's like a 12 hour flight. How, what kind of shape is that McMuffin in when you've getting it out of your suitcase after 12 hours? Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that. Like, seems like a lot of effort for a McMuffin. Yeah. (laughs) What does your suitcase smell like? On your flight. Yeah, exactly. You've (laughs) got to eat it on the flight. What does your suitcase smell like? What do your clothes smell like? And then what, what, how edible is that thing when you get there? And McMuffin has a, has a distinctive smell. All your clothes yeah. smell like McMuffin <laughs> or, or McDonald's kitchen, which is wonderful. I guess in a way, some people probably would like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, I certainly applaud his, his commitment to the, to the golden arches, but that just seems, that seems silly. You know, they have, you can get, you can get it at Australia. They have McDonald's in Australia, right? I'm sure they do. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Also in there was a ham croissant. <laughs> Dude's a big time meat this guy smuggler. Was loaded, yeah. Huh? All in his luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have clothes in there or just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but Zinta Zinta poked it out. So good job, Zinta. Um, keep keep Australia safe. Yeah. That's this week in ridiculous fast food news. All right. What do we want to do as the last uh, story here? What are our options? Well, we've got uh, the kangaroo, mm-hmm. song of the kangaroo. We've got this guy starting a fire because he tried to kill a no. spider. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I got a drunk woman on the, I have a drunk woman in Florida. Okay. Uh, what's, is the, is the guy that lit the wildfire with the spider? Is that a good one? I mean, I didn't read the story. I have to admit, I just saw it. All right, uh, two more law and order. There's a lot. People are acting up. The summer is just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tighten things up out there, people, okay? We'll make fun the... of the Australians, but I got a whole... I got a uh, just a backload of people sending me crazy crime stories here. Uh, let's go with this one here. Uh, Corey Allen Martin of Draper, Utah. He uh, A wildfire near Springville, Utah is now 90% contained, fortunately, according to firefighters. Police say it was started by a man who claimed he was trying to kill a spider. (laughs) Corey (laughs) Allen Martin was arrested. What happened was he told the people, he told the cops uh, that he saw a spider in a bush and decided to try to light it on fire to kill it. Tried to burn it with a lighter, according to the police booking affidavit. Uh, when he attempted to burn the spider, the surrounding bush ignited and fire began to spread very rapidly. Genius. Uh, you might be might be surprised to know he was also arrested for uh, possession of drugs and drug paraphernalia. I was about to say, how high was he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what my first thought was. Uh, how high or drunk was he? Well, the good thing is, I guess the fire, the, the spider's dead, right? The bush went up, the fire went up, the spider went up with it. Spider probably did perish. Presumably, yeah. Yeah, but a whole bunch of them did. If the drugs were hallucinogens, was the spider even real to begin with? Oh, wait, you know? who knows? Um, that's, that's a good true. point. You know, did he? I mean, come on. Why would you burn a spider? I don't know. Did the whole block go up, too? <laughs> uh, like, what? It was like a mountain fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice wild mountainside uh, yeah the whole mountain wow. went up. yeah they i mean they had to bring in planes and stuff like this is a big thing that, that dude, 60 over, acres yeah oh uh, you know what 60. that dude needs to go to jail for a while i'm sorry yeah 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 he's got yeah. Yeah, man, that's some serious problems i mean how many there's a lot of ways to kill a spider i would like lighting one on fire would not come readily to mind for me seems like one of the last resorts i would think yeah. so 
and then finally on this, uh, a woman with an open bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey in a bag was arrested for driving a golf cart down uh, Interstate 95 in Florida oh, while drunk. Oh, boy. <laughs> A lot she, going she, on here. T- she got on I-95 in a golf cart to begin with. Like, even if she was sober, yeah. getting on I-95 uh-huh. in a golf cart. Uh, they say Florida man, Florida woman. And, huh? and just to say here, a uh, 58-year-old woman was arrested Saturday night. You, you'd think she was over on the side of the road driving her golf cart on Interstate 95? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, a semi-truck driver spotted the woman driving the golf cart in the center lane. Oh, God. <laughs> the- <laughs> oh my god with, <laughs> with an open the bottle of beer on a florida roadway yeah. but oh she was concealing god. she was concealing the bottle of jack daniels you know bag so yeah 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 no one would hey, notice got the bag Tricky you were throw. driving a golf cart right. in the middle in the middle <laughs> lane <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Uh, the truck 58 driver. 58 years old, too, huh? 58. This woman, she's ready to party, man. She's got some miles <laughs> on her, man. <laughs> yeah, she does. Jack Daniels. So it is the golf cart, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> go Gators. <laughs> go Canes. Uh, I don't know. Where on 95 was she? she yeah, yeah like, where on 95. She was yeah. in the Space Coast. That's kind of open. Could be okay. UCF, too. Gus Bus. Yeah. Could Florida be the Knowles. Uh-huh. Could have been anybody. Could be the Knowles. You never know. 58-year-old woman. Uh, Okay. Semi-truck driver spotted the woman driving the golf cart in the center lane. Uh, The truck driver used uh, her semi so that's a to steer the golf cart to the shoulder of the interstate. This this woman's a real hero. Good work. The the truck driver. Yeah. Uh, Once on the shoulder, the truck driver got out, grabbed the keys to the golf cart so the woman because the woman tried to drive away. Uh, when the troopers arrived, the woman started arguing with them. Oh, of course. <laughs> and uh, that's Ducky, when they discovered yeah. the open bottle of Jack Daniels, Tennessee fire whiskey. Oh, I apologize to Jim Beam. It was Jack Daniels. My bad. Yeah. No, it was a bottle of Jack fire whiskey. <laughs> the season's got to get here, man. People are just losing their, they got nothing to do. Yeah. 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 Nothing to do. This woman's driving golf carts around. The guy's lighting spiders <laughs> on fire. People are arguing over chicken to rooster. Who lost their damn mind? My theory here is that, like, she's driving the golf cart because she's already lost her driver's license and any car she may have ever had, okay? Probably not her first <laughs> theory. drunk yeah. driving episode. I'm going to go. Probably missed that. a payment yeah. or two on the, uh, on the, yeah. on the car, too. And they love repo and quick now because they can sell those things for more sure. like profit. Yeah. So, yeah, pay your car ticket and stay off the highway. Yeah, I don't know, man. We Get get here, season. <laughs> yes, where's the kickoff? Come on, kickoff. We're, we're glad you're, you're still going to stick with the show, Ross, after this. <laughs> I guess yeah, so. I mean, after I mean this, geez. Um, you thought you were going to just come on and talk NIL bills. And this is what we get. Chickens and golf carts on the interstate and lighting fires, yeah. uh, f- spiders on fire. I mean, hey. If she think, was riding in the, the breakdown lane, I mean, that's better than, but out in the middle, she's just going to yeah. get smashed. Well, how'd she not? But yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, Ross's, yeah. Ross's first show, I think we spent more time talking about chickens than anything else. Well, I mean, it's an important topic. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Nick Saban said last year was a rebuilding <laughs> year. You want to go through that? 
Man. <laughs> oh, no. He did say Lord. that. I saw that. He did say- <laughs> Uh, let's go back to the spider win the sec <laughs> go 13 and two and win the heisman like yeah. thanks nick yeah um yeah, yeah. do better so, there, there's that uh ohio state is favored in every game this year by double digits right so is, is, is alabama too i think so is alabama too i think double no, digits yeah. every game those two yeah, yeah. and everybody uh-huh. let's see the other teams alabama. that are favored in every game were like oklahoma georgia utah and air force yeah, we'll get to how many teams we th- we'll, do, we'll do that maybe next time. How many teams can yeah. legitimately win? But yeah, so that's what we're dealing with. Let's get here. Let's get here. <laughs> Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, leave us nice reviews and uh, subscribe. And uh, Ross, what's your uh, Twitter handle? Everyone should follow Ross now. Just my name, Ross Dillinger. There you go. And uh, yeah, come back next week. We will uh, talk to you later. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader